Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because yep, we're We're going going there. So Stacey, hi. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell our listeners who you are, where you're living, and yeah, just a little bit about your life. Thank you. Thank you. I will. I'm Stacey Pastor King, and I am an American living in the Netherlands. I live nearby Amsterdam, a small village called Belsterbroek, and it's between Harlem, which I think a lot of people have heard of, and Amsterdam. And I've been here almost eight years, and I moved from St. Louis after having gone to seminary. I came to the Netherlands to study the Hebrew Bible, or as we know it, the Old Testament. And I study it from both the theological point of view and from a linguistic point of view. And so I came to, yeah, do work on that, to do research. I am originally from Chicago. Yeah, one of my favorite cities in the entire world. And I also lived in Seattle. So I lived in Seattle for almost 20 years. Cool. How often do you get to come back to the States? I know COVID's probably affected that a little bit, but. Yeah, the last two years <laughs> we were planning to come back and we, we weren't able to. Mm. We'll be back this summer. Oh, good. That's awesome. I haven't been back to the U.S. since 2017. Wow. Wow. Oh, my goodness. I'm well, sure it'll be a looking... long overdue trip. Yes, for yes, sure. yes. It really will. So take us through a little bit. What brought you to seminary? What made you interested in wanting to go? And yeah, tell us a little bit about the story leading up to that. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, I walked away. I was raised a believer, raised in a Christian home. I had a very devoted, faithful mother. And when I was about 18, 19, I went to a Christian college in Chicago. And I just met some people who weren't Christians. And all of those people seemed to be having more fun than I was having. (laughs) And so, yeah, I started hanging out with them and eventually kind of moved away from my faith. And in that moving away, I, I didn't, I wasn't angry with God. I didn't, I did not believe. I simply wanted to do my own thing. And that was where I ended. When I moved to Seattle, For many years, I just kind of did my own thing. And in 2003, I went to Europe to visit a friend in Sweden. And in that time, I felt God pulling me, pulling me back towards him. And I came home and I had one Bible. And that was from my mother who had passed away in 1999. I found that Bible. I started reading again. And this will be a little bit funny, but I started watching televangelists. And one of the televangelists that I watched was Joel Osteen. And every time at the end of his sermon, he would say, if you're not a part of a Bible-believing church, find one and get involved. And so I decided to do that. And at the time, I think with the podcast that was recently out, people know the name Mars Hill Church. I found Mars Hill Church. Wow. And I was blown away by the music, by the preaching, by just, just the freedom that I felt to be who I was, but also to move forward. And at that time at Mars Hill, they had a class, an evening class, and they called it the capstone class. 
and you can take several different classes. And I started taking a class, yeah, on the New Testament. And we were learning scripture and things of that sort. And I just really became intrigued and thought, I really want to learn how to study the Bible deeper and more and really learn what it's saying. And at the time, also, I'm I'm a very diligent listener and I, I take what people say to me seriously and then I want to apply that. And so Mark Driscoll at the time would say, don't just listen to what I say. Don't just hear what I say. Study for yourself. And I thought, okay, that's important. So I'm going to do that. And I started studying for myself. But it really got me interested. In 2008, I left for various reasons. And I started going to another church. And the pastors there were all pastors who had graduated from Covenant Seminary where I had gone or where I eventually would go. And I thought, these men teach in a way that makes me hungry to know more. And so I began a conversation with them and they all encouraged me that that there was a way to do that. And so I ended up going to seminary. And in seminary, I'm a language person. I love languages. And I started studying Hebrew and Greek and that helped me to dig deeper into the word and all of that. And I just found that the more I learned about God, the more I was able to understand different texts. And it was this kind of this cycle. So you learn something new about God, and then you read a bit more, and it teaches you more about God. And you start, I just started putting things together. And it was, yeah, it was a way for me to really connect my faith with an understanding. And I think that was an important thing. And yeah, and it all came through really very strange ways. Yeah. Joel Osteen, Marshall Church, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, moving to Europe, but, you know, yeah. all the things that you don't expect to kind of find someone who have, have grown stronger in their faith. But those were all things that led me. I love what you just said there, though, because I do think that's so true about as we dig into God's Word and know more about Him, He does pull us in. It's awesome to see even the seasons where, yeah, I'm not consistent in reading my Bible, and then I like jump back in, and I you know, put that as like a goal of mine. It's so cool that I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like all of this knowledge is building on top of each other, and it's awesome to see all of those just things come together in our knowledge of who he is, you know, why does he act the way he does? Why do we act the way we do? It's really awesome. So that's really cool that you've just grown in your knowledge of that and obviously studied that for a living. So I think with what you said, also, when you're learning about God and you're gaining understanding, you're able to actually connect it with your daily Mm -hmm. life. You see things happen in life and you can really, you can meet God in those places with what he's taught you already. Yep. And then from that teaching, you learn something new. And it, it's this, yeah, it's this, yep. I won't say vicious cycle because it's not vicious. It's a brilliant cycle. Yeah. That's awesome. It's interesting to me, too, that all three of us grew up in Christian homes and that there just seemed to be this lack of, you know, I look at my great grandmother who I would see reading her Bible and my mom, but no one taught, I guess, our age, no one taught us how to study God's word and to really be able to take our Bible and read stories and see how it fit in the bigger context of God's big story. And so that is something Christian and I are passionate about. And we want to help our listeners understand, too, of, you know, it doesn't have to be this boring 
boring thing that you just open and you read two verses and you have no idea what that's meaning. It's like we can learn how to study God's word. And that's for me when it clicked and it was like, no, this is, I love how you said it made you hungry. You know, the way they taught scripture made you hungry to learn more. I think that that concept's really foreign to a lot of Christians because it's like, well, I want to feel that. But when I open the Bible, it's confusing and it seems kind of boring and I don't feel anything from it. But that's for me where it clicked of no, when I actually was able to study it and learned its historical context and just look at other parts of the Bible that certain stories related to, that's when it really came alive for me. So I think that's important too, as we start talking through, you know, the book of the Bible, Esther, maybe that's a book that some of us are kind of unfamiliar with. So could you kind of give us a little bit of an overview of the book of Esther? It's not super long. It's a really cool story, I think. And so share a little bit about the book of Esther with us. Yes. Well, and this is the first thing I always say. Esther is a book that, though it doesn't, it never speaks the name God. It never uses any reference to God in a direct sense. It is probably one of the books that you see God's work in quite evidently, and you see his faithfulness in this book. On the face of things, Esther is a book of a young woman young girl even, who is orphaned and lives with her cousin, who is raising her as a daughter. Esther, I say also, is in a sense a coming of age, because one of the things we see in this book that's very important to stop and really take notice of is that Esther starts as this young girl who is forced into a situation, and by the end of the book, she has blossomed into this woman of courage, of strength, of faith. And it's done in such a subtle way in many ways. But she is forced from her home as a young woman into a harem with the king of Persia, which is modern day Iran. She is forced into this harem. And then she is, in a sense, forced to take on the salvation, I will say, of her people until she's married and put in a situation where she has to make a decision that requires a lot of strength and courage. She has not let anyone know her true identity and her true identity is a Jewish Jewish woman, a Jewish girl. So the story really is about, in many ways, the Jewish people who have lived for a very long time in exile. And I want to make sure that the words that I use are understandable to those who listen. But, you know, the Jewish people have been taken out of Israel and taken to Babylon and and spread out over many areas. And they have been living in a situation where they're not they're not living according to their identity. They're not living according to who their God is and what their God requires. So Esther is a book of coming of age, but of also finding your identity, finding out who you truly are and who truly carries you through things. And that, you know, Esther comes to a point where there's a plot against the people of Israel, the Jews, and that plot is to kill them all. And Esther is approached by Mordecai, her father figure, to do something. She's now married to the king. There's so much to the story, but she's now married to the king. And 
and she's meant to make a decision. Do I do something to thwart this plot against the Jews? Or do I stay in the comfort of my queen, you know, being a queen and, and all of this stuff? And, and that, that decision really requires courage because even as a queen, she doesn't have the ear of the king readily available. She's not able to just go to the king and say, hey, there's a plot against my people. Can you do something about that? So the steps that she has to take to actually to speak with the king, it takes a lot of courage. And I hope I can kind of share a little bit more about that. But the story is about a young woman who has to make a decision that really is a life or death decision, could possibly be a death decision. But it's also, how do I say this? It's such an important decision because it has not only her life or death in view, but of all the people, of the Jews. And she is, yeah, what does she do? In the end, she makes the right decision and she puts her life on the line to to go towards her husband and to beg him for the lives of her people. She does this after having fasted. And one of the things that I think is important in the book is she, she fasts. And we see Esther, we see in the beginning of the book, everyone makes decisions for Esther. And by the fourth chapter, where she's, you know, Mordecai, her father figure comes to her and, you know, is demanding this. And she makes her own decision. She makes a decision and she moves forward. And as you see, by the end of the book, Esther is, she's no longer being told what to do. She's planning and making plans and she's, she's moving her own story forward in a sense with the help of God. And even though God is not mentioned, as I said, there's so many threads of God in this story. And you see his character, you see his faithfulness, you see his, yeah, working his promises out in this story. And there are so many people who say, oh, Esther doesn't belong in the canon and doesn't belong in the Bible. I absolutely disagree. I think we see God's character and his presence in this book in very real, very real ways. I like so much that you said in that. And I think at the core of all of us, well, I'll go back and say a lot of people that say, okay, the Old Testament seems boring to me. I really don't relate to anything. I don't understand how these stories could affect my life. It's like, well, this book of the Bible just displays all of that of at our core, we're all trying to figure out who am I? What's my identity? Who am I in in Christ? And so it's like to see Esther kind of go through, like you were saying, that coming of age and getting to see her transition from people kind of directing her life. But then she has that courage to kind of say like, no, I'm going to make this decision and I'm going to trust, even though, you know, you said God wasn't mentioned in, in my God and make this choice to affect not just my life, but all of these people that God has chosen and wants to carry out this, these promises through. It's so relatable. And I think that this series that we're doing, walking through some of these themes we see is just going to be so, so cool for our listeners and for everyone to say, you know, no, this has meaning for my life today. I can relate to Esther. So yeah, share some of those, a couple of those themes that really stick out to you and how they relate to, you know, a Christian woman right now today in the same themes and things we're walking through. Yeah. 
Well, I think I think an important thing to think about with Esther is that she lived in a time when I don't want to get too much into prophets and all of that stuff, but the prophets of her time spoke a lot of leaders and priests who were actually not leading and being priests that led the people well. We live in a time, I believe, where we have so much to contend with. In Esther's day, she was living in Persia. It was not a Jewish community. She didn't have all of the examples of how to be a good Jewish girl. We live in a time when, as I said before, we contend with so many different examples of what a woman should be or what, how you should be in this way. And we have to really struggle through who am I meant to be in the context of where I am. I live in the Netherlands and everything goes here, everything. When I first moved here, I lived in a Christian community in the red light district. And our chapel, where we go and we, in the morning and the evening and we do church services, it actually shared a wall with a live sex show. It shared a wall with a live sex show. And so while we were praying and, and doing little sermons, we knew what was next door. And so here, to really be able to, to find your identity, not in what everyone else thinks you should be, or who you should be, or how you live, but to really remain faithful, that's a hard thing. And I know that there are probably a, probably a lot of young women who struggle with that, who, who don't quite know who they are, haven't been in environments where they've had good examples and environments in which they've been able to learn, who am I? Esther, I think, one of the themes in Esther is going from a place of not knowing who you are or being ashamed of who you are to going to a place where God strengthens you to be precisely who he has created you to be, who he wants you to be, and who he can help you to be. I think we're all, we were created to be something specific and special. We forget about that. And I think part of the process of drawing closer to God and, and growing in our faith is learning what we're, who we're meant to be, learning who we are as those who were created in the image of God. And I think part of the story of Esther shows us how Esther learns that part of who she's created to be is a woman of courage and a woman of strength, but also to, yeah, to not back down in a time when things are rough. And so I think the first theme that I would say is not being ashamed of your identity, not being ashamed of your connection with Christ. I think that's important. And though Christ is not mentioned, I think if you are growing, even in the Old Testament, everything in a sense points, points, <laughs> points to God. Towards yeah. Christ. You know, it points to God, which points to Christ. So it's it's not being ashamed of your identity and falling on God to give you the courage and the strength that you need to accept that identity and to move forward in that. I think that's one thing. But also learning God's faithfulness and his promises. When you read Esther, you don't see right offhand the promises of God, but you, at least for me, it made me want to branch out 
and really, really see what was God saying in that time period. Esther is a contemporary with several other, with Ezra and Nehemiah and with many prophets. And in those books, you see kind of a sort of chaos that came from the exile. And they're trying to rebuild and they're trying to come back to the God of their fathers. And and I think that is the important thing is looking out to all of God's promises, both what he promised before, (laughs) when he promised it before, and what he has promised going forward. So I always say that God is, he's a God of remembrance, but he's also a God of looking forward. And so the book of Esther helps us kind of to look back to see what God has promised, but to look forward at how God will accomplish those promises. And he's, he's working in the present. And so I think it's a way to connect to God being faithful. I mean, there was no way that a young woman like Esther could do what she did for her people without some miraculous help. I've read also that there are no miracles in the book of Esther, but the book of Esther is entirely a miracle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good (laughs) point. You've given us so many like good points there. And I'm excited to dig in more over the like the next couple of weeks, because like you said, I mean, one of the biggest things about the book of Esther is God's name's never spoken or said, but we see him working, like you said, his promises from, you know, remembering from the past, moving forward. And in this book, he works through broken people. No one in this book, we see a lot of awful things in this book happen. And so that's one of the themes we'll dig into. But then also just Esther and like we've talked about her kind of just going along with what people are telling her, but then she moves into this place of courage. I mean, that's another huge theme. And so we're excited to dig in. If you were to kind of wrap up a little bit about the book of Esther and the themes we have here, what would you tell to this person of, I don't know, the person who's about to like come along with us in this series? What are you most excited for them to learn? And moving forward, even reading other books, what would you tell that person wanting to read and claim themes from books of the Bible, what would you say to them and how to read? I think as far as Esther goes, one of the main things I would say is that in Esther, as you said, there really are no heroes. Esther is, uh, there are no human heroes. (laughs) Esther does what she needs to do. And she is, she's motivated by her people, but she's uplifted and enabled by God. And so we have a tendency, I think, to look at Bible stories and books in the Bible, and we look for heroes. And the hero in this book is God. And I think that is one thing that we always have to keep in mind is that the Bible, and especially the Old Testament, it's filled with narratives. It's filled with stories of ordinary people. Esther was an ordinary person who became a queen. But even becoming a queen didn't make her extraordinary per se. It was God and his acts that made her extraordinary. And so I think what I would say is that don't go through life and reading scripture thinking that you have to be some hero or something extraordinary. Living out your ordinary life in faithfulness, living out an ordinary life relying on God and relying on the people around you to grow and to become who you're meant to be. I think that's, that's a big, yeah, a big point 
that I would make from the book of Esther. I really appreciate your time just kind of going through the book of Esther with us and giving us a lot of just cool encouragement to then pass on to our listeners of what Esther and learning about books in the new in the Old Testament could do for our faith. So we really appreciate it. Yeah, that's awesome. We're excited to dig in over these kind of, yeah, unpack some more of the themes that you've talked with us today about. And so thank you so much for just joining us in this conversation and your time today. Yes, thank you for letting me share. And I I do hope that your congregation and those who listen will, yeah, really go further from what you share and dig deeper and just know that God has offered us something, given us something that's very special and very exciting and by no means boring. So I'm glad you guys are taking on this book because I'm sorry, I'm, I'm old school. I say you guys. I'm oh, Chicago, that's, no, that's fine. <laughs> Stacey, I, we didn't really prep you for this, but would you just pray quickly for our listeners as we start this series on studying the book of Esther? Would that be something you'd be willing to do? Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us the gift of your word. You have given us so many promises that we know you will ultimately fulfill each and every one of them. Uh, we thank you that, you that you give us a thread through scripture, that you show us who you were in the past, who you are today, and who you are in the future. You're unchanging, and we can count on that. Lord, I pray that everyone who listens to this series will hear your voice strongly in their ear, that they will find your love, your peace, your strength, your yeah, the courage that they need from you to move forward in their lives, to become mature Christians, that their faith would be perked up through this series, Lord. We know that your word is full of goodness, that you are a God of love, goodness, kindness, and I just pray that your goodness, your love, and your kindness would pick up the heart of each and every listener. I thank you, Lord, for the excitement you've given me for your word, and I just pray that you would give the listeners excitement as well. So thank you for the fact that we can come to you, we can trust in you, and that you are doing everything you've promised us. And even in those times when we're afraid, when we're not quite sure what we should do, you're there for us. And you direct us and you guide us. So I just pray that you would direct and guide not only this show and their ministry and their series, but those who listen. I pray this and all of these things in the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you, Stacey. Thank you so much. Hey, I really hope you guys have loved diving into the book of Esther with us. If you're looking for more in this book of the Bible and wanting to see more of how the themes in this story applies to our life today, then you can sign up for a really cool email devotional written by our friend and coworker, Annalyn Frazier. To do so, all you have to do is sign up in the link in our show notes or on our Instagram in the bio or on our Facebook page, and you will get these devotionals sent right to your inbox. It's a quick and easy way to dive deeper into the book of Esther. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. 
talk to you soon. 